Hello and welcome to Games Are Fun. My name is Steven and I'm going to be your host this week for a very special episode. Now, since we didn't have a new episode for you this past week, I wanted to get on here and put together a little something to make sure that you knew we were still here and still loving gaming. Now before, the, now, before we get started with the show, I just want to go over a few housekeeping items and remind you that this Games Are Fun podcast is a weekly podcast. Each week, Adam, Luke, and I get together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and give reviews on recent game releases. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast services such as Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, etc., etc., etc. All you need to do is just do a search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice, and you'll be able to find us there. You can also find video versions of episodes on Games Are Fun YouTube page, which is more of a recent uh, endeavor of ours, where we're going to be posting the live videos of our Twitch broadcast, as this one is going to be going down right now, as well as uh, episodes of our new show, Level Grinders, which I am a co-host with Adam on. So make sure you head over to YouTube, find us over there, and hit that subscribe button. It would be greatly appreciated. The more subscribers that we get the more of a chance we end up getting our custom URL link so that we can share that with you. Now, very often, our episodes are being streamed live over on our twitch.tv slash podcast. This one's a little bit different as it's going to be being recorded and broadcast on my personal channel, Lordly King Estot. And that's really just because I don't have access and this is sort of a surprise for Luke and Adam. So make sure you get over there, uh, Games Are Fun Podcast on Twitch. Give a follow, hit the notification bell so you know when we go live with our episodes each week. Another thing that we've been doing okay, uh, doing as well, is um, live streaming some community gameplay. Uh, whether it's me, Luke, and Adam sitting down and playing some uh, uh, Sea of Thieves, or uh, right now it's Sea of Thieves is basically what we're really hitting on, but Outriders could be a possibility at some point, something along those lines. Uh, you can always catch us doing some live gameplay over there as well for that. Now, if you still if you still want to watch the video version of the show, but you can't make it live, as I mentioned, YouTube is going to be there for you. Another piece is that, yes, there is a new episode of Level Grinders that is now live on podcast services and YouTube. Uh, this episode was extremely fun. Me and Adam got to talk about one of our all-time favorite childhood RPGs, um, and it's out, so I'm going to let you know now. It's about Super Mario RPG, and I'll tell you, this was probably one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far. Uh, you would be able to watch that one, along with the other episodes that we've recorded so far about some other great RPGs, as as I mentioned, at our Games Are Fun podcast YouTube channel. Hope to see you over there. And of course, we will always appreciate you hitting that subscribe button and leaving some comments for us for any of the feedback that you may have for our episodes. You may even ask us to do an RPG episode for you. Now, keep in mind that me and Adam, while we, we have played a lot of RPGs, we may not have played all of them. So just bear that in mind whenever we get into it. So, with that out of the way, let's get into the topic of the show today. Now, I will say, and this is a big disclaimer, for my sprouts out there, 
You know who you are. You're new to the game. There may, there's, there may be, there's definitely going to be some spoilers today. So if you don't mind the spoilers, please continue listening. Got a lot of really great information coming up for the last patch of the Shadowbringers saga, taking us into the Endwalker expansion pack. If you do mind spoilers, just pop on out. Come back to this episode uh, before you hit patch 5.5 so you know exactly what those changes were. So as I mentioned today, I'm going to be going over some of the highlights for the upcoming Death Unto Dawn patch for Final Fantasy XIV Online Shadowbringers. Now this patch is going to go live around 6 a.m. Eastern Time, Tuesday, April 13th, after a 24-hour maintenance period, which means Monday's going to be a little boring. At least I stream in the morning. Now, before we get started, I want to remind any listeners also that if you haven't started the game yet, there is a robust free trial for Final Fantasy XIV right now, which includes not just the base game, but also the first expansion, Heavensward. You'll be able to level up to level 60 in all classes available on one single character. We're talking hundreds of hours of content if you really dig into it. If you stick with the main story of the base game in Heavensward, you're still looking at about 40 hours of gameplay. So make sure you check it out if you haven't already. All right, the patch. Patch 5.5, as I mentioned, is going to be the last major main story patch of the current expansion story, Shadowbringers. And before we go into the next X pack, uh, expansion pack, Endwalker this fall. This means that story-wise, we are going to be getting the stage set for the new expansion and a bow put on Shadowbringers' storyline. From the trailer, we're going to be assaulting one of the mysterious towers that have appeared all over Eorzea. These new towers have been emitting some sort of strange signal and, of course, are more than likely having some negative effect on the region. The new dungeon, Pagalthon, which I think is the pronunciation, uh, which is a plane that is home to the emulsion settlement Zolmec. Now, the emulsions are a beast tribe in the Thanalan region uh, outside of Ulda. And it looks like they're going to be this, the focus of the MSQ whenever it comes to the Beast Tribes, uh, similar to the Kobolds in patch 5.4. So more than likely, we're going to have a nice story surrounding uh, relationships, our relationship with them. As a Beast Tribe, there's been some really uh, really big headbutting going on through the game with those tribes, so I'm anxious to see um, what's going on there. And with patch 5.4 being with the Kobolds, I was a little disappointed because I'm my, my main character is from Ulda. Um, so going and working with the Emulsions this time is uh, extremely exciting for myself. Now, along with that in the trailer, Fan Daniels heard speaking in the trailer quite often, along with Xenos, and even an appearance of Tiamat, which is one of the Elder Dragons that we get to meet in the Heavensward uh, expansion, which is part of the free trial, by the way. Uh, and along with that, we had, of course, another showing of Lunar Bahamut, who is going to be a big piece in this uh, patch, I think. Lunar Bahamut, if you remember, also appeared in patch 5.4, where we finally got to kind of get a a real meeting with Fan Daniel, who also brought Lunar Bahamut along to kind of poke the bear a little bit with us. Based on what we've seen in the trailer, it looks like Tiamat's finally going to be released from a long imprisonment, and we'll get into a tussle with Lunar Bahamut, which will be very exciting to watch. Uh, Tiamat... 
I, I've wanted Tiamat loose for a very, very long time, and it looks like we're finally going to get that chance to, to, to see the power of one of these Elder Dragons. It's very exciting. Along with Van Daniel doing his shenanigans in Lunar Bahamut, we've got Xenos, of course. Xenos being one of the major villains in the uh, Stormblood and Shadowbringer story arcs. Uh, he, it looks like from the trailer, he's been busy collecting a whole arsenal of weapons to pick a new one after breaking his final sword just out of disgust for it in the patch 5.4 story. This collection of weapons that he's got in the trailer has a lot of very recognizable ones. There's emerald weapon, um, emerald weapon reward weapons from the trial. There's primal trial weapons that are rewards from the primals. There's tome weapons, and even some weapons that haven't even been introduced to us yet. Now, speculation on this is that there's actually diamond weapon trial weapons in that scene. So ones that we will be getting here in the next trial to be released, which is the diamond weapon. Now, 5.5 brings us the new trial, wrapping up the Sorrow of Rolet side quest line. This puts us up against that quest. Put us up against the final Final Fantasy VII weapons: ruby, sapphire, emerald, and of course now diamond. I'm really, really, really excited for this fight. It's going to be a major portion of my uh, of my live stream this coming week, uh, where we'll be spending a good part of the week progging the extreme version of the trial with the kingdom. Um, and I'm hooked on extreme fights. If you're there for, for those shows in the morning, you'll see like, I am extremely, I, I'm extremely excited for extreme fights. I love them. They've got mount drops in them. Uh, the mechanics are a lot of fun. And of course, playing with a group of friends, uh, is just going to make it even that, that much more exciting. Uh, so these are the these are kind of the major things that I wanted to get with, uh, kind of touch on with the patch. We've got, of course, the story elements and of, and the diamond weapon fight. There's other things that are involved in there as well. So like if you're a big fan of the near the near raids uh, at the end of Shadowbringers, um, the third installments coming along. It looks like it has some really interesting battles that were going to take place in that. Uh, with that, there's some Ishgardian restoration stuff that's going to be coming in as well. Uh, so there's a lot of other little bits that are going to be added that um, to other aspects of the game. If those are your pieces, I encourage you to check out the patch notes um, to get more details on those things. But what I wanted to move on to next, and I didn't touch much on this in my show uh, whenever the notes came out, is on patch day. Uh, this Tuesday, PS5 owners are going to be able to begin the open beta for Final Fantasy XIV on PS5. Uh, so anyone who has the PS4 version with this will be able to use their game data in the open beta test, which is really cool. The other thing that they mentioned in the live letter with Yoshi P is that um, it was either the live letter. Actually, it was the live letter or the event that they had a little bit ago um, where they kind of announced... Uh, and Walker coming around is that the PS5 version of this, if you already own the PS4 version of the game, you'll be able to update for free to the PS5 version, which is really nice. You won't have to buy a new game or anything like that. Um, now, the length of the open beta test is, of course, going to be dependent upon how well the beta goes. So if there's a lot of bugginess that they have to work through and stuff like that to fix these things and get it ready for an official rollout, well, it could take a little bit of time. Uh, but if they end up giving us a great product right out of the gate, 
then we'll be seeing the of course the official rollout happen a little bit sooner but it's all going to be dependent on that they have no fixed date for the official rollout for the full version but the beta is starting this tuesday um i think i was really kind of hoping to have a ps5 by the time this patch came around to to do this to give it a try and play on it um and take advantage of those really nice features in ps5 which we'll get into in a little bit but it seems like it seems like it's going to be uh it's going to be a bop. Obviously, there's going to be bugs. There always is with with betas and and new rollouts and things like that. Online games are usually riddled with this sort of thing. Um, so bear that in mind. Be patient with the game. If this is going to be your primary way of playing, you know, don't expect it to be perfect by any means. Be patient. Make sure that you're reporting your bugs um, so that they can get these things taken care of faster. Now. Once the full version does roll out, all of your data that you were bringing from your PlayStation 4 playthrough into your PlayStation 5 open beta, all of your open beta will move into the full version. You won't even have to re-download the... No re-download is going to be necessary. It's going to automatically update right into the full version of the of the PS5 for the PS5. And of course, I mentioned um, they're going to be taking full advantage of those PS5 features too. So the the one thing that they're mentioning is that there's a there's a faster frame rate, frame rate mode as well as a 4K resolution mode. So you're kind of going to have a trade-off there. If you want faster frames, you're not going to get 4K, but if you're going to want 4K, you're not going to get more frames. But that's a but the way that they have the graphics setup uh, graphics options set up in game is it's going to probably be a very easy click, click between to go from one to the other, which means that you can have that higher frame rate whenever it's time to do all your big battles. And then you can do your, um, you can do your higher resolution, your 4k graphics whenever it's for those screenshotable moments. So just a, a nice little thing there. <clears throat> I prefer high frame rates, honestly. Uh, just because um, it's just with a higher frame rate to the picture, it, it really ends up making it a smoother experience, in my opinion, than what a 4K graphic, as good as what it looks, 4K graphics. Um, I think higher frame rate, in my in my personal opinion, is a little bit more important uh, in my gaming experience. I can never go back. I'll never be able to go back. The other thing is going to be in use, a couple little things, right? Uh, 3D audio is also going to be put in play. So the audio experience for the game is just going to be enhanced from the PS4 version. And then you also get haptic feedback uh, will be available as well through that PlayStation 5 controller. So these are just a few little things to add to the immersion whenever you're sitting down and playing the game. These aren't huge, but like I said, it's just that nice immersion enhancement. Now, along with the patch, along with the patch, there's going to be um, some quality of life changes. So, uh, you know, the really the really cool thing about Final Fantasy is whenever they took a, take a look at the game, nothing is off the table to improve, including something that has been around since A Realm Reborn was released a long time ago. And that is the ever-so-simple, always-there targeting circle. Every RPG has one, right? 
Now the targeting targeting circle is getting a, a slight change to it. It's not going to be anything huge, but I know a lot of a lot of players are very excited for it because it's going to make those positional jobs just a little bit easier to manage. Because there are some jobs in fourteen that do require uh, being in the right position for monk and dragoon in particular. So the targeting ring is a little unclear at this point. So you get one arrow at the front and then kind of an open back at the rear of the enemy. There's nothing else there to really kind of give any idea onto the orientation other than maybe looking at the character mo or the, the monster model itself um, or watching your fellows as they run around it. And whenever you add in a lot of the battle effects that occur during these, during these fights, um, that can also detract from being able to notice the position of the beast. So... What they're doing is they're going to take the current targeting model, they're going to adjust it so that it has arrows on the flanks within the targeting circle, so just these tiny little arrows that are going to be on the flanks, pointing to the front of the foe. And then the arrow that is in front of the in front of the foe showing its direction is going to be moved to the inside of the circle a little bit. So in that way, everybody, no matter where you're standing, is always going to have some form of, of understanding of the orientation of the monster. Um, this can also be important for mechanics and bosses as well, your position, because very often, especially whenever you get into um, your extremes and your savage raids, uh, unlike in your normal gameplay uh, before end, end game content, you don't get a lot, you don't get a lot, if any, um, of the echo uh echo callouts for mechanics, the big orange circles or the big red zones, anything like that. You very often don't get those things, um, and you have to position yourself based off of the position of the boss to avoid them. Um, so this will be a nice little added feature for those doing their end game content, being able to know where they position themselves based off of um, the, the, the foe's position. Uh, a very minor quality of life change, but one that is going to, uh, I think, have some big effects on the success that people have in these, especially the, the higher content, the end game content. Now, another little piece that they're bringing to us, the mount collectors, uh, like myself, should be very happy to hear this because the drop rate of some of the most rarest of mounts are going to be increased. Seed of Sacrifice Extreme and Emerald Weapon Extreme We'll see the increase in drop rate. Uh, but if you're unlucky enough, you can still purchase the mounts with 99 totems. Hopefully now we won't need to do that. Uh, what this means is that post-patch, um, there's going to be a lot lot more hunting for my, on my end of things. Seed of Sacrifice and Emerald Weapon. I've Seed of Sacrifice maybe seven times, uh, seven, eight times I've put down with the kingdom. Emerald Weapon Extreme, uh, probably like, 12, 15 times through Party Finder as well as fighting with the kingdom uh, and still no sign of the drop. Um, a couple of the community members have picked up the dragon from Emerald or SOS, Seed uh, of Sacrifice, uh, but I have yet to see it myself. So I'm kind of hoping that post-patch, uh, once we wrap up Diamond Weapon, uh, once we wrap up um, getting that sweet chicken costume that's coming uh, as well, uh, maybe getting back into Seed of Sacrifice and Emerald Weapon to to track down those last couple dragons. The other thing that's going to be coming along with this, uh, along with this patch as a quality of life change, is there's going to be no more restrictions on the Eden's Promise normal loots. So normally what they do with these, with, these, uh, with these raids is they will put a cap on how many items you can receive per week. And then you take those items and you go and turn them in for armor and weapons. 
So the way it goes is that you can get one sword per week, needing seven of them to go and um, purchase your weapon. And then you can also pick up one piece of armor or armor currency really is what it is. And you can take that piece of currency and go get a piece of armor for yourself. They're going to remove that restriction. So if you want to get your hands on some of that Eden's Promise armor, you can go and farm it all you want. The other thing that they're going to be doing is they're going to be reducing the number of swords that you're going to need down to four instead of seven. So now it's just going to take you four runs of Eden 12 instead of seven runs of Eden 12 to get you the weapon that you may be hunting after for clan purposes or even for armor upgrading. Now, the savage content for Eden's Promise, that end game savage content, those harder fights, they're going to lose they're not going to be losing their restrictions on loot until part 2 of the patch in a handful of weeks. Obviously, there's going to be more details on that as we approach, just like they did with 5.5 here. Whenever 5.5 starts rolling up onto it, <clears throat> we'll get more details. And of course, the announcement that that's going to be happening. Along with that second part is going to be an up update to the uh, rather probably the last step of our current relic weapon uh, story, the um, Save the Queen line, uh, where we will be getting um, another step, probably very grindy, having to do with the new area that they're going to be dropping in uh, with the Boja Southern Front and the Queen, uh, uh, the Save the Queen quest line. Patch is coming up, and of course, at the time of this recording, it's literally 48 hours-ish away, about 48 hours away uh, from going live. So what can you do between now and patch update time? At this point, get into hunts. Go and get into hunt trains. Find one that's happening on your server or on other servers that you can travel to within your same data center. Uh, because the biggest thing that you're going to want to do is save up the currency uh, from those hunts. Because along with the tokens received from the Near Alliance raids, you'll also be able to upgrade your Crypt Lurker gear using the currency from your hunts. So make sure you go and you find uh, some hunt groups and get around there and collect those things up. The other thing that you want to take a look at, and this is going to be, I'm going to give you a little bit of focus on this one, is the Moogle Treasure Trove event, which is also going to be ending on patch day. So you're going to, so what you're going to need to do is um, just run a couple of the dungeons that that reward those tomes to you. Uh, or if you, I think the fastest method right now is to run Orban Monastery from the level 70 raid alliance uh, or alliance raids. Um, that will net you, I believe it's eight. Eight tomes per run that you run. It's eight or nine, something along those lines. The only one that's higher is going to be Castrum. Um, or no, Praetorium, rather. Uh, but we all know how that is. That's a big meme for us in the community. But Orban, I think, is the fastest. What you'll want to do then is focus on getting the Magitech Predator key and the Falcon Ignition key. Those should be your major concerns. As the other mounts that are available through this event can be grabbed from other content and game, granted with a little bit of work, but the Predator is a very rare drop rate, and the Falcon was a special login campaign event mount, and it's not available in the game. So you're going to want to focus on picking those two things up before the Treasure Trove event ends, and then, of course, anything from there is just icing on the cake. 
including the Beast Tribe mounts uh, for their Realm Reborn Beast Tribes, which can be a real slog to get your hands on. I would, if if I were to continue the farm for these after getting my Magitek Predator and Falcon Ignition, those would be the next ones. There's also one of the Doggos from the Stormblood, um, the Stormblood Trials, uh, the Extreme Trials. Don't worry about that. Don't sweat it too much because. It's pretty easy to get, honestly. Uh, the Stormblood Trials, while still being a challenge and you'll still probably need your party um, to go through and do it, they're still pretty easy to do. Now, I wanted to go an hour and a half, but I talked really, really fast. So really, this is just a short special episode for you as we approach the 45-minute mark. Now, I really appreciate... Uh, everybody who's given a listen here. Um, and of course, this is just a nice little filler for you to remind you that we've been playing games still and we still love doing this. And we're, uh, you know, all three of us will be back in action again with another episode. And of course, you can keep up with us at twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast. You can keep up with us. At, <clears throat> excuse me. You can keep up with us at twitter.com slash games are fun podcast. And of course, the biggest thing, the biggest thing that you're going to want to do because you'll get the updates of when we do these things all in one place, and you can join the um, you can join the conversations that we have is get into our Discord uh, invite invite.gg/gamesarefun. I lost the link. I'm such a noob. I'm fired. I'm fired. I believe it's invite.gg slash games are fun. There it is. Invite.gg slash games are fun. We have a lot of great conversation over there, not just about video games, but also about movies and TV shows. We've got food channels. We've got pet channels. We, of course, even have a community content channel where you, if a con- if you're a content creator, can share your links with us so we can come and check out your content. And one of my favorite aspects of it, I have it in the kingdom myself. Now, uh, make sure you also get over, because my counterparts are not here with me on this episode, but make sure you get over to their personal Twitch channels, uh, twitch.tv slash adampalooza85 and twitch.tv slash lukethelama, and you can also find them on Twitter. Uh, You can actually find adampalooza85 on Twitch and Twitter at the same handle, and then you'll have lukethelama on Twitch and lukeallenarm on Twitter. Those are all the social links that you need. But the one that makes it really, really easy and condenses it all in one place so you don't have to keep on rewinding to hear what I say whenever I read off those links, invite.gg slash games are fun. So what have I been playing? Because we usually do this at the end of an episode, right? What have I been playing? Uh, so I've I've been playing No Man's Sky still. Um, I did put down um, Stardew Valley. Uh, I feel like I beat it. I mentioned this last week. So, like, the one thing the one thing with Stardew, of course, it's one of those things you never beat it, right? You can just keep going and going and going and going. Uh, but, like, for me, as fun of a game as it was, um, that level of repetitiveness kind of loses its luster until I finally decide to go back and start a new like a new farm or a new island or something along those lines a little bit later down the road. So what I wanted to do, one of my goals was to get the 
the key quest is a key, key I or QI, Mr. Key. Um, I wanted to get the quest done where you had to make it to level 120 of the mines um, within a one week period. Um, and you kind of get a really cool, like they, they basically remix it and you get a harder version of the mines from whenever you first went through it. So I wanted to make sure I got that and I completed that before I actually put the controller down. But I did get the quest and I did complete it in four days. It was a really interesting trip. One of the, one of the cool fights down there, uh, which made things very interesting because food's important, right? Especially that cheese, you got to eat that cheese. If you don't know about Stardew Valley cheese, now you know you got to eat it, all right? It's, it's like a must. It's the only reason I have three cows and two goats is because I need that cheese for my adventures. It's, a, it's, it's broken. Cheese is so broken. Um, so eating your cheese is important because it's keeping up your stamina. It's keeping up your health. Well, there's a ghost. There's a ghost in the deeper levels that gives you a, um, it gives you a debuff where you can't eat anything. So you're getting beat around by jumping spiders and then these ghosts come in and they're using, they're using that debuff on you. And it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, I've got to, I've got, I have to actually like leave the mines for a second until this thing wears off. So I don't get killed. Like it was, it was, it made it very difficult in those deeper mines. Or I don't want to say very difficult. I'm not that terrible of a player, but it, it made it, it made it a little bit more challenging for sure. And of course, whenever you're on a time constraint of being able to get through in seven days, trying to get through in seven days, you know, you gotta, you gotta really manage your time wisely and getting into those, it, it, that portion of the, of the mines took me the longest because of those, that stupid debuff that those ghosts would get on you. And it's a ranged attack too. It's not like your normal ghost that would just kind of float in nice and slow and, you know, make the funny sound after you kill them. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. These things, like, they'd float in nice and slow, and all of a sudden they'd stop, and they'd shoot the shoot the projectile at you. And I'm pretty sure it's, it's player-seeking. At least that's what it seemed like, because I get hit all the time. So, yeah. Uh, no Man's Sky, I mentioned. So No Man's Sky had their Expeditions uh, patch update free, of course. Love No Man's Sky. Maybe I'll do a special episode on No Man's Sky next. I wonder if I wonder if I can give Luke and Adam another day off and take this over for another one of my favorite games. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how they feel after a Final Fantasy focused one. Anyway, so I've been playing No Man's Sky um, and the Expedition patch, which is really cool. So it's like a seasonal gig. It's a two month long event. Um, I, for, I thought it was only a couple hours and you try and get as far as you can in a couple hours. No, it was just because it was initial day of the patch. So they had bugs and things along those lines, things were breaking, but they finally have gotten everything taken care of and we have a nice solid game to play and there's no disconnects or, or, uh, my file automatically switching over to normal, even though I'm nowhere near being done. So I've been playing through the two month long season that they've got going right now. Tons of awards coming from it is basically as you complete a task that's given to you through the expedition, they will give you a prize of some sort of in-game armor buff or uh, resource or multi-tool buff, uh, anything along the... The other thing, too, is some of them even give um, derelict freighter locators, which is an item that you use to find the derelict freighters that you can land on and explore. Um, 
those are a little bit, they came out in, in a couple patches prior to Expeditions. Um, so if you haven't played the game long enough to get onto one of the derelict freighters, they're, they're incredible. And the challenge has increased on them as well. Um, now, it's not, it's not perfect. I got dropped out of the game once, and it happened to be right in the middle of one of the derelict freighters. But from what I was experiencing during that time, the challenge has increased substantially in the freighter. Um, I'm starting to get my, my space legs, I guess you could say, under me whenever it comes to exploring them with the adjustments that they've made. Um, but it is, it's still like it's, it's a different experience than what it was whenever they first brought them out. Uh, what else? What else about No Man's Sky? Yeah, so like you'll have um, you'll have basically the way the season goes is that you have these different levels. Um, so like there's and right now the name is eluding me of what they call these things, but there's one, two, three, four, five, and then the final six, which is completing all five of the other um, uh, kind of task lists that they give you, and it kind of builds on itself. So as you're starting out the experience. Because you're starting a new game, um, it's kind of a new game plus, really, because they give you some extra stuff and some some extra buffs to get you started, better ships at the beginning, that sort of thing. But as you proceed through the game naturally, the tasks get complete, where really what ends up getting left at the end is just some of the more grindy stuff. So going and finding treasures uh, hidden in, in, in buried in buried ruins, um, doing the derelict freighter, uh, seeking out and destroying sentinels, things along those lines. You'll get those things taken care of kind of naturally as you progress through the game. Exploring star systems is one of them. That's one of the bigger ones, honestly. Whenever it's coming to the grind of this right now, the visiting and discovering 35 new star systems in how I play the game is a lot. It is a lot because, like, I'm one of the ones that will go to maybe eight or nine different star systems and explore every single planet, build a couple bases on the planets that I need resources from to mine or, or uh, extract and then move on to the next star system. Right. So like very slow process of how I, based on how I used to play. Now I'm kind of speeding things up where I'm getting into a system finding one interesting planet to go take care of another task and then beating feet out to go to another system. Um, I'm still only at like nine discovered on that one, but that is the largest. It's 35 new systems. Um, luckily through the rewards that they give you in each of those paths, um, you get your ship really buffed up with some nice warp technology to be able to run through. <clears throat> Now, my voice is telling me that it's coming up to the end of the show. Um, I'm not going to do I'm not going to do the question of the week. I'm not going to do the question of the week. I'm going to save that for whenever me, uh, <coughs> excuse me, whenever me, Luke and Adam are together again. But I will remind you on what it is. And it's just a nice little, you know, uh, kind of the, the revisit question, right? <clears throat> so. Question of the week this week, and this is up, of course, in our Discord, invite.gg slash games are fun. We'll read your answers from there whenever you give them to us. But what game did you start to play, but for whatever reason fell off of, but still want to get back into it? And what about that game is making you want to get back into it? 
So hop on over into Discord, give us your answer, and we'll make sure to read that on the next episode that me, Luke, and Adam together. Uh, now, we're actually in the part where everybody would plug their personal stuff. I already plugged Adam and Luke. Uh, you can find me, of course, at LordlyKingS.com. Uh, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Luckily, I've been really busy um, on each of those. Always busy on Twitch. You can catch me Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern, so about 12.31-ish. Uh, maybe having some longer streams this week just because of the new content coming around. <clears throat> but on Twitter, if you don't follow me over there, make sure you do, because coming up on May 7th, I'll be having a 12-hour charity stream. I've recently become a uh, part of the stream team, the streamer team for the uh, organization Stack Up. Uh, Stack Up is a nonprofit um, who raises money to build gaming care packages for veteran and active duty service members of the military, which is really cool. And they basically, we are there, or they're there rather, to encourage positive mental health uh, for those men and women who have served, which is a big, uh, thing for me as gaming was one of those outlets that definitely helped with my mental health, um, over the long years that I've struggled. <clears throat> but May 7th, I'll be having a 12 hour charity event. There's going to be a $500 goal to it. And we'll be looking to raise money for Stack Up. There's going to be prizes. There's going to be a lot of fun, some donations and incentives. The biggest thing, the biggest thing, and Final Fantasy players on Aether, this is for you. This is this is something that I'm really excited for, like really, really excited. Um, we are going to be doing a, a glamour competition. We're going to be doing a glamour competition where I'll be putting together a large alliance size raid worth of people, 24 of us, 23 contestants, where you'll be coming along with, with, with me to one of um, our community members' free company house, and they have a stage set up, and we're going to have a glamour competition. Now, the winner of this glamour competition is going to get a commissioned art piece done of their character in that glamour. So, if you're playing the game and you're on Aether, you're going to be want to want to be around for that. It's going to be a great time. I'm very excited to do it. Um, and there's going to be other stuff there as well. Uh, some other things that I've got in the in the planning phase of it is potentially giving out a copy of the game, maybe some game time. Um, and then also some other fun and prizes involved as well. Standard stuff from like the Mog Station. And then after we wrap up our Final Fantasy portion of that 12-hour stream, we're going to need in some really cool community games. I expect to have full f participation as well. And like I said, you can find all of that stuff happening at LordlyKingS.com uh, on Twitch. I think that's it. I think I said all the things. Whew. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a little nerve-wracking, and I hope to uh, give Adam and Luke another break if they need it sometime soon. 
And now having this first show by myself under my belt, I think it'll be a little bit more comfortable for me um, in the future if they would need that time. Again, this is Stephen Beagle for Games Are Fun Podcast, and I am rolling out. Y'all have a fantastic week. I'll talk to you next week. Bye.